0: Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the LGBTQI Storytelling Night I host and program around the country. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. Please check out the back catalogue of stories. There's some really, really wonderful work there. And please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date. Patrick Lenton is a writer based in Sydney. He is the entertainment editor at Junkie and has a book of short stories called A Man Made Entirely of Bats. This story is about nemesis culture. When my sister was a tiny child, bedecked in bows and adorable pinafores, she was sent off to school where she promptly discovered that she had a nemesis. He was, in her words, a gross boy. And his name is lost in the mists of time because he was only ever referred to as Julia's enemy. (laughs) His various misdemeanors, chewing with his mouth open, for example, would make her tiny fists clench with rage. One day, Julia came home from school and very seriously told us that her class had been taught a new song. And in a flat voice, her little black shark eyes gleaming she sang it to us you annoy me you annoy me so I'll annoy you too she'd basically invented the nursery rhyme version of an eye for an eye sometime later in one of the final years of primary school I gathered my first nemesis. Her name was Lauren DeGede, and she was a long-haired snake of a girl (laughs) who taught me what the meaning of the word loathing was, probably both figuratively and literally because I was a child who didn't know many words yet. (laughs) Without talking myself up too much, I'd always been kind of a big deal in primary school. (laughs) Very few small children knew as much about ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs (laughs) as I did. And that was a huge form of currency in year five. Sometimes our teacher would even get me to rattle off 30 minutes of history facts in front of the class while she made herself a coffee. Which gave me a kind of irresistible pre-teen allure. (laughs) Lauren, however, brought with her to the school a host of big-city ideas. Things like scratch and sniff stickers, the concept of sarcasm, and most awfully, boyfriends and girlfriends. Everything changed so quickly with her arrival. Suddenly, history facts were deemed boring. The library became uncool and soccer, which I loathed, was now required viewing at lunch. She even ridiculed my proficiency at the skipping rope despite the hours of practice I had put in. (laughs) But, despite all these changes, she chose me to be her boyfriend. Keep your friends close, but make your enemies your primary school boyfriends. (laughs) As the old saying goes. Now, I know now that she was clearly just using me to consolidate her power. But like fools throughout history, I was bamboozled by her slap bracelets. And blinded by that thing where she'd flip her long ponytail around really fast and whip me in the eyes. Together, we were the toast of year five swanning around together, trading pogs with unstoppable panache and verve. And then, she dumped me. Which, honestly, I would have been fine with. (laughs) I wasn't particularly on board with the whole dating fad in the first place. But she didn't just dump me, she tore me down. She did this by spreading rumors, devastating rumors about me, like I had no idea what sex was, and that my favorite Power Ranger was Kimberly, the Pink Ranger. Which both were incredibly true. (laughs) I was 10 years old. As a consequence, I became a pariah, and I genuinely lost all my friends. I cannot tell you how incredibly sad it was sitting alone at lunch, coldly munching on my last Snack. I vowed that no matter what, I would take down Lauren DeGede. And it's from emotions like that, like loneliness and vitriol, that a nemesis is born. Now, I don't know precisely why, but nemesis culture is queer culture. For some reason, every single queer person I know has a nemesis. Please cheer if you have a nemesis. If you are the 1% who did not cheer and think that you don't have a nemesis, that means, my friend, that you are someone's nemesis. My sister, for example, grew up to be a powerful lesbian. And I can only imagine her nemesis are titans of industry and culture. I too am queer, and I cultivate my nemesis like poisonous hothouse plants. My current nemesis is Anthony from Queer Eye. And I have footage of him literally cursing my name on stage. (laughs) Having a nemesis is rooted in gay energy, just I don't know why. (laughs) A nemesis is beyond just an enemy, more complicated, more nuanced than simply having a grudge. Your average suburban mom has an enemy. And Susan does deserve to have her faults discussed at brunch with the gals, no doubt about it. But a nemesis is born from something very unique and different than simple dislike, and it's something that is held close to your bitter heart. A nemesis is flavoured with spite, propelled by pettiness, and often born in something like respect, or envy, or jealousy, or even lust and love. I often think about my high school nemesis, Drew, as a very good example of this. My first year of high school was spent surrounded by hordes of homophobic enemies who bullied and beat me up to such an extent that I actually had to move schools. At my next school, a uh, kind of very dull Catholic affair, (laughs) I was content to pretty much view any dude as a default enemy and happily hide in the library and lick my psychological wounds in peace. I could ignore the taunts and the crude calls of fag and homo from the boys at the Catholic school because frankly, words were amateur hour. But somehow, even despite this, there was one boy who still managed to get under my skin. Drew. (laughs) Drew was, to put it lightly, unbearably pretty. (laughs) His nickname was Maybelline because of his gorgeous long eyelashes. And he would suddenly appear next to me like a puff of malevolent smoke, like one of Ursula's sly eels from The Little Mermaid, asking weird, hurtful, mocking questions from behind this smirk that would literally make me have nightmares. I couldn't stop thinking about how much I wanted to push Drew off a building, or like run him over in an old-timey Jeep, or just kiss his perfect face, but like in an angry way. It is worth mentioning I was deeply closeted all throughout school and that conflicting feeling of suppressed lust and deep hatred were exactly the intoxicating, maddening friction that gives birth to a perfect nemesis. (laughs) After high school, by the way, Drew sent letters to every gay kid at the school, coming out of the closet himself, and also apologising for being such a homophobic dickweed. (laughs) I, however didn't get one (laughs) and over a decade later that still itches a petty part (laughs) of my lizard brain and that is nemesis culture so lauren de she spent the rest of year five as its infuriating queen and all my efforts to enact some form of Fitting justice were unfruitful. I tried everything. Branching into ancient Roman history. (laughs) Inventing a weird game that nobody liked called (laughs) Warus, And even successfully solving a classroom crime. (laughs) All in an effort to impress my peers and win back my place on the pecking order but nothing worked. But because Lauren de Gide was my nemesis, I was unable, nay, incapable of ever letting it lie. I plotted, I plotted, I fretted, I obsessed. And then finally, my revenge took place at a local beach club on a warm summer's night. And all the school families were having a barbecue the moon was full and bright in the air, and the, and the air still and expectant, almost as if the beach waited for something stupid to happen. <laughs> Lauren walked up slowly towards the bright lights of the picnic tables, all powerful and sure in her position, and as she did so, passed underneath a tree, in which squatted me. <laughs> concealed by the foliage. Eyes alight, bright with spite. My clawed hands curled around something. And as she passed by, underneath me, I threw a medium-sized uncooked fish at her. which hit her head gently with a wet slap. Why a fish, you ask? I have no idea. I simply saw it and knew immediately that I would throw it at her. Was she hurt? No. Twas only a medium fish after all. was she startled? Yes. Yes, she was. She looked up into the tree, and I realised that my plan had not been particularly thought through, as I was trapped up there, <laughs> like a syphilis-ridden koala in a bushfire. <laughs> but it didn't matter, because I locked eyes with her, and she with me, and with a thrill, realized that at this exact moment, we both equally loathed each other. (laughs) She was my nemesis. (laughs) She annoyed me, she annoyed me, so I threw a fish at her face. Thanks for listening. For event updates or those excellent social pages pics from the various events, follow Queer Stories on Facebook. And for late-night ramblings, follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram.